Welcome to the Draft Doctors Podcast, your home of weekly draft content. Now here's Steve, Jono, Cam, and the Statesman. G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. I'm your host, Stevie Fizz. Today we've got, well, it's a different show. It's a solo pod. It's going to be dry. It's going to be heavy on the stats. Um, so if you want to tap out now, I don't blame you. But it's been a few weeks since we recorded. Um, we'll be back with the ranking shows and Stato next week. But I thought it'd be an interesting one this week. Before we start the rankings, we're going to dive into what teams do well what they don't do well and where we might look to exploit that for fantasy. Maybe they made some moves. Maybe they didn't moves make moves and they have to solve it internally. So we're going to try to strip it back and just use the data. Now, the data I'll be using is the best available data I've got. Um, and I want to qualify it. You'll probably hear words like rate a lot uh, and differential. So game style is going to dictate um, how we look at things. So if you've got a, a team that plays a lot of stoppages like an Adelaide, they're naturally going to have more clearances um, than someone who doesn't play a lot of stoppages. Um, and so is it really worth going, oh, they were a, a great clearance team if they're just having the opportunity to, to get more? So I'd rather look at differential. Like if, if you have a lot of clearances and you're losing the clearances, what, you know, it's a good thing for the opposition. Like whereas if you don't like GWS don't play a, a high stoppage game, but they they win a lot of clearances, their differential's quite good. You know, that sort of tells me that midfield's working. Um and so we look at differential there when we're looking at rates of things, uh it just gives a better percentage like win rates one on one in offense, defense, whatever you want to call it, CBA win rate, I think's a pretty interesting thing we've started looking at a bit more. And so we're going to go into a bit of that this show. If it goes too long, I'll break this show up into two episodes and release the next one, hopefully the day after, maybe on the Friday. But we'll see. We'll see. I'll try to keep it light. I know the stat-heavy shows are, and, and the solo pods are boring as hell, but I think we'll get into some pretty interesting stuff rather than sitting around going, I reckon so-and-so can do this. Well, let's see if it actually works. From a team build perspective, I think, you know, Sydney is an interesting team. Uh, I think the coaches panel put out a, a show on Callum Mills today. Or when you're listening to this, it would be yesterday, but there was probably a few things that weren't touched on. Uh, not to, not to hate on the guys or anything like that. I think it was a great show and absolutely check out their, um, 50 most relevant. I'm still waiting for the 50 most irrelevant, but anyway. Beggars can't be choosers. So we'll move on with the pod. Uh, a few things did happen. Bailey Smith uh, did the ACL, which kind of sucks. Uh, he was probably a highly rated forward. Um, yeah, sucks. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> what can you say? But um, it's how it is. Uh, Frio signed Sean Darcy to a pretty lengthy extension, which was probably, you know, I feel I'd, they probably had to, right? They probably had to. Otherwise, they're going to have another good player. Out the door. Is it the right thing from a team build perspective? We'll find out at the end of that contract and uh, if he's still there. If they've heavily front-loaded it, it's probably not the worst. But, man, I'd, I don't know. I don't know. Long me way out. That's all I'll say about that team. Anyway, we're going to dive in. We're going to kick it off with Adelaide. And Adelaide, really nice statistically across the board. They did a lot of things really well. Very good forward line. Close to the best in the competition, if not... Really good small defenders. 
Um, so they were a high stoppage team. So clearances are high, tackles are high. Um, but they split against the opposition. There was no particular advantage. So if you want to draft, it's hard to see him going away from that. I'd draft Rory Laird with confidence. Um, they did have a really low pressure rating. Uh, so pressure rating, pressure acts, whatever you want to call it. Um, how it's, it's obviously not going to count for fantasy, but does it tell us a story about how the midfield operates? The team's able to exploit it. Is it a forward line thing? We don't sort of, we can't split that up particularly well. Um, but their pressure rating was low. So, you know, does, does someone like Ben Keys get a look in into that midfield? I know, I think the midfield's probably a little bit thin. Um, but Ben Keys playing as a forward is a standout pressure player. So, I could see him getting more time in there if that's what they want to do. Um, really low for intercept marks. That's probably the one other weak point I, I felt they had. Um, so you can see maybe in your super coach keeper leagues, Dan Curtin is an interesting player. I know they picked up Chris Burgess. They've had Tom Dode walk out the door, and I think there's an injury to Nick, Nick Murray, uh, one of their other key defenders anyway. It's going to keep him out long term. So that could be an issue. Certainly, Dan Curtin should get some play. And, um, but, you know, on the other side, the small defenders are doing pretty well. So there's, that's a um, thing. They didn't have many bounces. So maybe a lack of run and carry on the outside. Um, well, I think Saligo checks out pretty well in all stats that um, I looked at. So, yeah, I think they're probably going to make a move with Keys and or Rochelle going into the midfield. Uh, if you break down Rochelle, he's probably developing really nicely. Uh, it was a funny season. He started pretty hot and then faded over the year. I don't know if there was an injury or whatever. But if you stack him up against uh, 21-year-olds and, and take a 10% CBA attendance, he, he lines up in the top 20. He, you know, he's not a standout, but he's really solid and developing well. So I can absolutely see him going in there. And he's one uh, in your forward ranks who, who, I don't know if he's going to... I don't think he'll be a sleeper. I think he'll, because of the depth of the forward line, he'll probably be going um, as sort of a close to the number 20th forward, I reckon. That'd probably be close to his range. So we'll see, I guess, when we get deeper into the draft days. But that's sort of Adelaide's profile. Brisbane, uh, again, and this is where does pressure matter? Pressure rating super low. Um, they did actually get better based on where they were in 2022 by the numbers, but the whole league got uh, even better. So they got better by seven acts. The league got better by 10. So they dropped down against the league, but did improve. Uh, terrible ruck team for a high stoffage team, like uh, big O. You know, and this is where you can look at the Fremantle paying up for two rucks. Um, Big O is kind of useless, but the the midfield knows it, so they they actually win at a pretty high clip. Um, they are the best clearance team, so <laughs> you know what you know. Their midfielders are just absolute class. Really low for intercept possessions. Um, they don't uh, give up a lot of turnovers, and, and you know that's their game. It's kicks, marks. Um, and you can see why they like Dodo. That that's his game. So I, I can't see much change happening at Brisbane. It's um, I could see Dunkley tackle more. They were one of the worst tackling by tackle numbers, I should say. So Dunkley probably has a little bit of scope to improve. Um, how much? I you know, 
that's not for me to say. I, I'm I'm probably just drafting him where he is. There might be a tackle's worth of upside there. So that's kind of where Brisbane are. And the first two teams are kind of boring because they're both really good teams. Um, you look at the numbers, and it, I know Adelaide kind of got screwed. It's surprising they didn't make finals based on it, but uh, that's where they are. Carlton, amazing intercept team. Uh, great something. Man, my handwriting's absolute fucking dog shit. How am I not a doctor with this handwriting? The tools are great inside 50. Um, they don't win heaps of hitouts, but they do get hitouts to advantage. It's probably Pitnet um, is actually good at directing it, but is it the midfielders? We know Cripper is an absolute stud. So, yeah, they've got the best rebound 50 rate. So, whenever the opposition goes in 50, they're getting it out at the best rate in the league. It's And it's a funny stat that rebound 50 rate is because there's not a giant spread across the league, um, but it's it's probably enough to make a difference. Um, I don't see much where they need to change. Their real shit stat is their X score um, and, and shots at goal from general play, so maybe their small forwards can get better, but I don't think they really... I know they brought in Elijah Hollins, but I don't know that they did a, a great deal... I suppose they brought in Orazio, so maybe, you know, if Orazio gets a game, that's, um, that's something they, can, you know, he might be able to improve that. And I think, and I think they've tried to address it over the years. It's, um, you know, everyone wants that. And just Harry McKay's goal kicking is just, <laughs> it's the fucking stuck on. It's so, it's so bad. It's, um, is he the worst? No, he's not the worst, but it's killing him. And it's not just him. It's like Cripps and Acres. Um, but Harry McKay stands out because he's so good at winning the the ball inside fifty. Um, so I don't know where they go from there. It's um, that's a funny one. That's a funny one. Uh, Collingwood again marks inside fifty. The rate is just super high, and that's you know they're just so good going forward. Four of the top eight set shot kick ratings. Um, the opposition gained the second least meters. So they're, they're just strangling teams. Uh, and they're kind of okay everywhere else. They're not amazing. They, they obviously weren't great for fantasy. The X score is brilliant. Meters gain, um, yeah, changes. Uh, I mean, the midfield's obviously the interesting one because Taylor Adams won uh, CBAs at a very, very high clip. So, but even then they moved him out. So maybe that's not something they see as super important. It's um, I know there's talk of Finn McRae. So Josh Dacos. I mean, these wings are kind of funny. The clearance win rate is kind of amplified because I think they can just run in off the wing and get some without attending him. Uh, so Nick Dacos. Of the players who are left, I know Josh Dacos, I don't kind of count it because he didn't really get any, but Nick Dacos is the best um, for all the people saying he's a soft player, man. He's um, he's just an absolute jet. Jordan Ngoi, very good. Tom Mitchell, pretty good. And then, you know, you can see why they moved Jack Crisp out. He, he just didn't win any. So will we see a Finn McRae? There's certainly room for it. <clears throat> and... Um, yeah, I mean, they were, they were just pr- pretty good across the board, but inside 50, they were dominant. Um, and the meters gain thing, the other teams just couldn't move the ball. So, uh, it's, and again, it's hard to see much change. They've added Lockie Schultz. Um, what does he matter for fantasy? 
probably won't be as good with so much competition in that forward line. Um, so Finn McRae is probably the one. You know, Taylor Adams was a good player, um, won a lot of the ball, so there is room there. Tom Mitchell, I don't know. He just keeps staying in there despite them trying to move him out. Essendon smashed in meter gains and meters gained and ground ball gets. I like ground ball gets as a stat. I think it's really cool. Um, third worst inside 50 differential. Second lowest contested possession rate. So, yeah. Low tackles, low pressure rating. The least ruck contests, so a bit of a track meet. Um, the second most bounces. So, yeah, obviously under the dome, a bit of a track meet team there. Um, they did have a high win rate in the ruck contest, though, so it's kind of funny bringing in Goldie. They were kind of strong there already, but um, they've brought in Harry McKay, BZT30 out, and I, I don't think there's a huge difference. McKay's a better intercept marker. Um, BZT was a better spoiler, or racked up more spoils, I should say. So maybe they get a bit more going there. Um, does it free up Ridley? I know everyone sort of talked about. I just one on one, they weren't that much different in the win rate. So Harry McKay is probably better. Is he a heap better? I don't know. Probably not. We'll see. I guess we'll see. Gresham really strong for ground ball gets. Um, I'm not convinced that he's all that. Like he's he's a big name, but I don't I don't know that he's um that he does a heap for me. He can improve their meters gained. He's a good player. There's no doubt about that. I don't know. I don't know where he fits into this team. I think he might be closer to goal than maybe we'd like. Um, they they weren't super good. Uh, inside fifty, there obviously Essendon. So I'm I'm not I'm not I've never been a fan of Jade Gresham. Um, to be perfectly honest, even when he had a better role, he um, he was kind of shit for fantasy. So we'll see, we'll see. I'm not yeah, like I said, I'm not really convinced on him. And the other one, Dyson Heppel is just straight ass man. <laughs> that man needs to get the fuck out of that team. He's so bad. Um, I, I can't believe, like, to play in, in that role, Ruckman put on more pressure and his meters gained is just, it's the fourth lowest in the team per disposal. Like, you're like out there in no man's land. Like, come on. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand it. It's, um, yeah, it was pretty bad. It's, he's, he's done, man. They got to get, he's done. He's done. Essendon fans will be waiting for the back of that. Anyway, sorry, Dyson. I know you're a big fan of the show. Not anymore. Um, Fremantle, low meters gain team, low bounces, low, uh, lots of handballs, low intercepts. So, of course, they've taken one of their better intercept players and put him in the midfield. Why wouldn't they? Um, lots of marks, very accurate, um, very efficient with the ball, one of the best in the team. Great hitouts, win rate. Kind of low to advantage or middling, I should say. So um, maybe Darcy has a better year. Top third for tackles, bottom for pressure. What does that mean? It's a good question. I, what's the effort like? I'm not sure. So their worst... Cl- 
That can't be right. Second worst team for ground ball gets. This is a really interesting thing, I thought, is they really, like, if you look at them from 2022 to 23, the ground ball gets went in the tank, the clearance rate went in the tank, and they dropped Will Brody, who fucking balled out in those areas the year before. I don't understand. Like, I understand he's a bad kick, but can't you live with what he does poorly if what he does well is so good? Does that make sense? Like, their, their midfield is... What I see is their midfield is short. They could use a taller player. So whether that's Erasmus or Fife or Brody who can win clearances, obviously Erasmus, you're taking it at a development point, but none of them can kick. So I think you're going to have to, I, I, man, I'm long way out, right? So lots of, lots of marks. They're a slow team. Will Brody just makes no sense. I, I don't understand it at all. Um, yeah, just bizarre, bizarre. Two rocks. I don't, Brayshaw, terrible CBA rate, but again, they need a midfielder farming the ball out to these runners. You see this a fair bit across the board. There's like a dominant clearance player and they'll feed the runners. That should be Will Brody. That should be Will Brody. I don't get it. Just live with what he's limited at and just let him do it. And if they want it to be Erasmus, then fine. He can... Um, I don't think they, they didn't make any moves. They just lost pace on the outside, so... I'd, I'd expect them to be slow as shit and um, get on Jordan Clark, man. He's underrated. Underrated as hell. Geelong! One of, if not the best, inside 50, much like Adelaide, but they just fell off a cliff in getting the ball there. Uh, they went from good to pretty shit. Worst disposal to opposition tackle rate. Um, went from 1st to 13th in terms of disposal to turnover rate, so they're just clanging it up. Uh, a lot of that's Max Holmes, who uh, couldn't hit the side of a barn, apparently. Third worst clearance differential. So they're just getting hammered at the coalface. Uh, obviously Guthrie out, but not that wasn't really his strength anyway. So maybe losing Selwood was a bigger deal than we thought. Um, concede the second fewest inside 50s. Second worst shots on goal per inside 50 uh, defensively, though. So once it's in there, it's they're getting scored on. Put it that way. Um, they do need Jack Henry back. He's one of the better defenders in the league. One-on-one uh, -on -one win rate is just insane. The midfield mix is interesting. Okay, so we're talking about that. The bad clearance differential. They can't get the ball inside fifty. Uh, who goes? Who goes wing? Who goes uh, out? Obviously, Isaac Smith's out. Bose. If it was me, uh, he was actually pretty good. So, yeah. Reese is one of the worst rucks as well, just if you didn't know that. He's <laughs> terrible. Um, so I, I think it's a massive mid-watch. They, they um, obviously got Jai Clark and Tanner Bruin. Tanner Bruin didn't do anything special. Um, Jai Clark obviously hasn't had a real good look at it. So I think the big question is whether they want to have another ping at it with the old boys. Um, if they do, I think it's, you know, it, what their midfield looks like is Tom Atkins didn't do much, but he led him for CBAs. I'm not convinced that's a, a great move, but time will tell. Paddy Dangerfield's still amazing when he's in there. Um, 
let's just bring it up. CBA win rate. So Jack Bowes, Brad Close, but he was never in there. Jack Bowes got 8%, one at 17%. So he was really good. Dangerfield was obviously electric. Max Holmes did win it um, when he got a go, but it was kind of sporadic how he was in the midfield. And then you kind of got um, the other guys. Tommy Atkins, 10%, which is fine. 11% about the average for the midfielders, just if you're interested. Cam Guthrie didn't get a go. Tanner Bruin, 7% win rate. And I would have thought he was a guy you would be wanting to farm the ball. Um, but, I'm, you know, who's to say? Brandon Parfitt's just done. So, an interesting team. I think you could take a speculative pick on Jack Bowes, people. Speculative pick. And maybe Max Home, the hype was too much the year before. Um, so, a bit of a post-hype sleeper watch on Max Home. Pretty tough with the midfield-only status. Um, Cam Guthrie probably presents a bit of value there too. Gold Coast. What can we say? Second lowest uncontested ball team. Um, I can't read that writing. Third best clearance differential, so they were beasts in the clearance. Second most metres gained per disposal behind Port. Worst disposal efficiency, bad for marks inside 50. Pressure act differential, second. Uh, that either says best or worst. We can find out pretty quickly there. Let me just bring up that stat. I know this is getting dry. It's terrible. Why would you listen to this? You wouldn't. Second best. Um, so they, they need better ball users. That's, that's just the, the um, long and short of it. So off half back, I know it's a lot of men spoken about Damien Hardwick. They, it has to be willpower. Like I know we say Joel Jeffrey, but it fucking has to be willpower because... Solid solid kicking efficiency, great meters per disposal, terrible one-on-one defender, like just shocking, almost 50% loss rate. A good is like 20% or under. So it's almost 50%. He's done that over a couple of years. Um, get, the hell, get the hell out of here, Will Powell, with your shit defense. Just get on the attack. That's all he needs to do. Um, Joel Jeffrey makes a lot of sense as well. We didn't get much of a look him in that role. He has got good disposal efficiency. He has got good meters uh, gain. Doesn't turn it over heaps. So those two could be the weapons of half back. Uh, great for rocks. So the polish going inside 50 is uh, where they need to be. The problem is they've only got one Ben Ainsworth. Uh, he's one of their better small forwards inside 50, but also one of the better players going inside 50. So... Um, Bailey Humphrey needs a bit more TOG. He he stats out really, really well for a 19-year-old, like incredibly, incredibly well. He is one of the keepers you have to try square away. GWS. Oh, and also, they didn't really make any moves. So, they, it's, I mean, if it was me, I wouldn't be happy with where I was and my defensive stocks. Like Lucky Well is obviously missing a bit of time as well. So, he grades out really well, but um, obviously another ACL. GWS, most meters gained, but third most conceded. It is a track meet at the GWS. Um, third highest disposal differential. They're just machines. Uh, strong intercept team, obviously with Sam Taylor patrolling things. Himmelberg uh, getting locked up in there in the second half of the year. Expect them to just be absolute, just on fire. Himmelberg really underpriced, I think. Underpriced, under valued by average, I should say, if you rank by average. Uh, they didn't take a lot of marks going inside 50, so that's, that's kind of where they struggled. 
Uh, Aaron Cadman, look, he's a first-year key forward, really low one-on-one win, ra- win rate, as you would expect. I'd expect that to get better over the years, but it should be a struggle again. Um, they, so they had the third-worst win percentage of one-on-ones inside 50, despite Toby Graham being pretty good. Strong tackles inside 50. Toby Bedford made a massive difference to that team. Um, and third-best tackle differential in the league. They were, I mean, they, they really worked hard for each other. They're fast. I like this team. I like what Pipes has done. Um, yeah, so Cadman and, and Riccardi kind of bad in the one-on-one win rate, um, as, as you kind of expect. So they, in, what are they going to do for fantasy? It should be more of the same. It should be more of the same. They were obviously pretty close to, to the apex last year, so I'd expect very similar. Um, I'll just check up if they made any moves. Pretty sure. Sorry, I didn't talk about Essendon's moves. Um, Dersma actually makes a bit of sense if they finally boot out uh, Heppel, which they should. They should get rid of him. Get um, where are we? The GWS. Oh, they just really hit the draft, so that's fine. That's fine. Hawthorne, pretty interesting team, this. Pretty interesting team. So they were the worst pressure act differential. Like, they were dog shit everyone was mad against them and they um were terrible almost as they were almost twice as bad as the 17th team so 17th was negative 20 and they were negative 38 and a half so whoo they were under pressure uh clearances equal best um differential at center clearances but around the ground they were below average so I, I, it's hard to see what changes around the ground but they they couldn't get it done um, led the league in uncontested possession differential, worst meters gained per disposal. So when this happens, it is a team that is dicking around with the ball. That is why James Sicily is going to regress, also his ridiculous mark rate, but it makes sense for other players to uh, improve. Fourth most marks, but they're all uncontested. Like, contested marks, they rank 17th, inside 50, 15th, and on the lead, 14th. So they um, they just dicked around with it. That's all you can say. Second worst offensive one-on-one uh, rate uh, in terms of wins. Second worst one percenters. Led the league in bounces, though, so at least they took the game on. Um, and second best disposal efficiency. So, again, you just if you're taking short, easy kicks, that's that's what's going to get it done. Interesting for, for a team that had terrible pressure. You would bring in Matty or Chole, not exactly known for it. Um, they did move on some list clogger types. Um, so Dylan Moore was amazing. We just want to say that there. Uh, the mids, low pressure. I think the question mark you got to add, and they need to expand that midfield. It's kind of funny though, because the, the four guys they had, you could all argue they're still developing. So it's, uh, Connor Nash is probably the one I'd expect to move on. Will Day developing, Connor Nash still developing, uh, but Warple was really, really good across the board. He really improved um, his weaknesses a lot, but was really good at the clearance. Um, and obviously, John Newcomb's pretty solid as well. Does he have more growth? It'll be interesting to see. But they did bring in um, forwards, so they brought in Jack Gunston, they brought in Jack Ginnivan. They brought in Nick Watson, who projects as a um, small forward. So does that release the Connor McDonald type? I know myself and Stato were on him a bit last year. Uh, it seems the fantasy community are a little bit more positive to him this year. 
uh, or does Josh Ward get more of a go? So it'll be really interesting to see that. Um, does McDonald become relevant in this forward landscape? Um, there's probably others I'd prefer because it's hard to, you know, as, as we, we've seen when you, if you only get 30, 35% uh, of the CBAs and you're playing as a forward, it's really hard to score unless you're an electric player, which maybe he is, but you need to be at the top of the league to be relevant. So we'll see. We'll see. There's certainly, they've made moves that maybe suggest, um, they'd be okay releasing some of these guys into the play a bigger midfield role, but time will tell. Melbourne, amazing defensively, just flat out amazing. 20 minutes. We're just going to push through, people. We're going to push through. Uh, great contested ball team. Intercepts, just unbelievable. Best meters gain differential. And for a team that had Gorn and Grundy, they actually weren't that dominant in the rucks, which is kind of wild um, by the ratings. So we'll see. Um, but they're not great going inside 50. Worst for bounces. So the way they drafted, they're drafting the, the outside players, it suggests they know that's a bit of a weakness. Um, and probably the, the move they made that'll get everyone talking, the tongues wagging, was Jack Billings uh, being picked up. And he's an attempted solution at improving that. Is he the answer? We'll find out. That's why they play the games. But at least they're attempting these things it makes sense across his if you took the average of jack billings career that's all he has to do to be good in this team so um i think there's a chance for him to be good he could play wing um if the the kids aren't ready if they don't have any other answers i think they've made some interesting yeah interesting moves they need uh van ruyen to develop he looks pretty good so far so we'll see but um there's certainly some opportunity there they lost Harms is funny. I think he can fill roles. Um, the Bulldogs is probably a good landing spot for him. James Jordan didn't get much of a look in. People are talking about him as a possible inside option. I don't see that. I think he's wing. Although some people said wing, so I'm not going to light everyone on fire for that. Um, so I think they're trying to address their weaknesses, Melbourne. Whether they've got the right answers, we'll see. Um, but I certainly think if, you, if you're playing a salary cap, those, those wings might get a look in. North, they are straight fucking ass for a lot of stats, as you would expect. They give up all the possessions, defensively garbage. They lost McKay. Uh, got some bloke named Toby, Mr. Pink. They brought in Dylan Stevens and Zach Fisher. Uh, yeah. Fisher doesn't turn it over a lot, which is a good thing for that team. Um, yeah. We'll see. It looks like it looks like they're okay for fantasy, um, but the ball movement has to improve. The midfield, um, yeah, it is what it is. I'd stream forwards against them. That's that's my that's my takeaway. Is just stream forward against them. Aiden Core's numbers were actually pretty good, but he needs help. Um, the mids, personally, I'd have Jai Simpkin out. He rates as being pure ass. Um, if I had my way, this is the midfield is LDU, Taran Thomas, and uh, the Ward Goat. So that and they should be locked in every week. Like they're so much better. Wardlaw is just an absolute fucking freak. The more you look into what he does off the preseason he had, you stack him up against everyone twenty one and under, and he's nineteen and had no preseason. 
Whoo, doggy. All in, chips in on, on the ward go. Uh, but Tyron Thomas rated out amazing too. So Simkin can't win the clearances. Terrible disposal. <laughs> Just He's got to go. Come on, man. Um, I don't know about this Will Phillips character. Uh, I'm not convinced. So we'll see. I could see Sheasel in there, man. I could see Simkin out. I can see Phillips out. Yeah. It's a bad team, man. There's so much opportunity off halfback, but no one, like, the fact Zach Fisher doesn't turn it over is a good thing. They need that. But again, they're going to wax with the ball. They, um, these bad teams, you see, they just, the low, the low, uh, meters per disposal is really telling. And that's, that's, man, St. Kilda are worrying me. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to Port. They're pretty, damn good at everything but they were the worst ruck team by a mile they tried to address it with uh, Ivan Soldo or if you listen to the pod pod apparently Jordan Sweet's the second coming of Max Gorn we'll see about that uh, and they're, they were the worst one-on-one defensive team so they've tried to address it they really have entered Soldo entered Jordan Sweet I think Soldo is a pretty good pick um, in terms of value uh, Asava and BZT both have their limitations but they are both miles better than what they had so I hope hopefully it sort of frees up Alir to be that interceptor he was um a couple of years ago. Really big watch in SC for me, the Murdoch ball. I think he should be awesome. Ollie Lord, this guy projects woof, man, he's doing a lot right uh for them to replace uh Dixon moving forward. So yeah, Soldo again, he's not great, but he's better than what they had. The opposition X score, uh was the most damaging against them in the league. So you would expect that from a team that was so bad one-on-one defensively. So if they fix that up, get that into the mid-park, they should be thereabouts again. They they did a lot of things right. Um, so can Ryan Burton be good? I like what Dylan Williams did. He did really well last year. Um, those guys could certainly improve. But it's, um, you know... Top heavy, good team though. Richmond and and they tried to address it. They tried to address their weaknesses. So good for them. Port fans should, you know, I know you all hate Stinkley, but man, they're trying to win. <laughs> That's all you can say. Richmond, good defense, um, good-ish attack, but they were really inaccurate. Third worst for X score, which is wild. To take this, in, Tim Turan is like the worst field kick in the league. Well, not the worst, but he's damn close. But fourth best expected score rating. From set shots in the league, which is just wild, man. Complete anomaly. Um, so Tom Lynch should bounce back. He's still one of the top inside 50 one-on-one players. Uh, Dustin Martin was the best in the league, which is wild considering he was also one of the top CBA win rates. Where they play him is wild. They're a track meet team as well. Most meters gained and, uh, most meters gained against and second most for. So up and down, up and down. Um, yeah, and just terrible accuracy. That um, Noah Cumberland that stands out. Uh, Tyler Young, mature recruit, graded out really well. Low play. This is the kind of interesting thing. Is they're, they're kind of crummy in the midfield. Uh, turn the ball over just massively. Uh, low player turnover though, so they're going to have to fix these problems internally. I can see Thompson Dow getting a crack. Uh, Dossie, your boy Thompson, the superior Dow, he, he might get a crack. 
It's going to be really interesting. They're going to have to move the guys internally to fix that. I don't think Jaden Short will play in the midfield um, for those who are playing at home. But, I, yeah, they just need to get better kicks. You you can live with some turnovers, but you can't you can't live with as many as um, they put out. It might be it might be um, Jack Graham's season finally. Not that he's great, but again, he's better than what they had. Should be Hopper, Bolton, Dusty. Dusty should get more go. Anyway, that's Richmond. It'll be interesting. They have to fix it internally. So Thompson Dow might get a look in. I'm not not saying draft him by any stretch, but that's where we're at with Richmond. I think it might just be another rough year. Although, you know, they're good at both ends of the ground, except for goal kicking. St Kilda, most disposals, third most meters gained, uh, most marks, fourth most intercepts. Uh, kind of crummy clearance team. Dow in, very high win rate. Uh, and he was... If you took everyone that 10%, took 10% CBAs, he had the best win rate last year. He was even better, which is ridiculous. Uh, so I can only imagine he goes in. Uh, Marks inside 50 is probably where they fell apart. And again, they can fix this. Like they missed Ben King. They had low volume of inside 50s and they had the worst win rate. King is Ben, not Ben King, Max King is really strong in this area. And you get Tim Mambry back. They most both missed a lot of time. And Mitch Owens, fucking freak show. Um, so you get those guys back in. They could solve that problem. And that's what they need to fix. They need to get better at winning the ball, um, winning those contests inside 50. So it's kind of funny because they grade out bad in terms of ball movement, but there's improvement there as well. So I'm, I, I have no idea about St. Kilda. It'll be great to watch. Uh, Ryan Marshall, pretty rough going in the ruck, but they're obviously happy to live with it. Losing Gresh might be a bigger reputation than as a player. Dan Butler was their best small forward. But they do need better connections between the forwards and the mids. And I think there was an article that triggered all the Fremantle fans. And they, they get so triggered, I don't understand it, um, that Liam Henry was going to try to be that player. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, but they do need to fix that connections. Um in Jack Steele's an interesting one, like because he was so good a couple of years ago, they've dropped off the map in terms of ruck contests per game. That can't be good for a contested player. I know he can get around the ground, but um, I'm not sure we'll get back to those big averages. That um, seems anomalous. Sydney, Sydney. So second worst clearance differential. They brought in Taylor Adams. Good decision. He's really good at that. 15th for contested possession differential, so not good. Not good. They're <laughs> getting beaten at the coalface. Third best for meters gained differential. Fifth best tackles. So they're good at other things like good tackling team, good pressure act team, good 1% of team. As you'd expect from a John Longmire team, big effort. Um, but third worst ruck Ruck win rate, worst to advantage rate, into the grunt dog. He should just go absolutely ham. I want to talk about this. So we can see from these stats, the clearance rate, the contested possessions, they weren't winning the ball. Callum Mills, Callum Mills, his clearance rate was dead set ass. 5.4% win rate. That is shockingly, shockingly low. 
I want to say the average is about 11 for midfielders. They brought in Taylor Adams. They brought in James Jordan, who projects to be an outside player because he sure as hell can't win a clearance. Does that push... I know they've lost Dylan Stevens. Does that push Goulden into the midfield a bit more? Um, Mills' win rate at the CBA... We've only got the CBA stats for a few years since we invented it. Um, but it's declined from a 9.4 to a 7.4 to a 5.4. So each year it's there. It's gone down. I think a lot of that is the cattle in there is getting better. The first year you had... Um, a second year, Chad Warner in there with him a lot. You had a pretty wash Josh Kennedy. You had a third year, James Rowbottom. Now you've got a, a more developed Chad Warner. You've got a more developed um, Rowbottom. You've got Tommy Paps, who is just a freak show when he gets the runs in there. I don't think they need Patty, uh, Callum Mills in there as much. Uh where they did have a big loss as well was Paddy McCartan was awesome the year before, like awesome interceptor. So there's a weakness there in defense. I know they tried to address it with Joel Hamling as well. What? Okay, that's cool. That's cool, man. We can do that. Um, I think Stato's right. Taylor M should play in the midfield. But I'm I'm I know Callum Mills is injured, but I'm cagey on what his upside is, even when he plays, because it's gotten kind of bad. It's gotten kind of, yeah. So we'll see, we'll see. He's a good player though. So and and again, if he's captain and selfless and all those things, they'll probably play him where they need him, and they might need him in defence. Okay, West Coast graded so bad. <laughs> Every goddamn stat across the board, like that was shit ass. Um, but pressure acts third overall, so at least they tried, man. And that's all you can. I know some teams. Oh, they got beat. I oh, just wish they'd show some effort, man. They showed some effort. All right, they, they, that's that's all you can do if you're terrible is show some effort. They hit the draft pretty hard uh, and picked up Tyler Brockman. So we'll see uh, what did work for them. Uh, Liam Duggan was actually pretty good in the mids. Um, Elijah Hewitt was pretty good. Um, I can see why Stato loves Hoff, um, but he took really safe kicks as well, really low metres per disposal, which is okay. That's okay. Uh, Witherden probably didn't, you know, I was expecting to see Witherden's one-on-one loss rate as like some outrageous number. It was pretty fucking good actually. Um, So he could play. He could play. There's certainly room for him back there. Um Man, Ruben Jinby's an interesting one, isn't he? Ruben Jinby. A lot of people like him. But the stats that I look at hate him. Terrible CBA win rate. Terrible for getting possessions around the ground. Great tackle numbers. Just phenomenal. Right, we all we all saw that. So there's room for him to play in the midfield. What that looks like in terms of fantasy score, I'm not convinced. Um, and I just, I just keep, and he's young, so he can develop. That's great. He can absolutely develop. But I just think back to Sam Berry, and people were looking at Sam Berry as like this, um, awesome option. I'm just like, no, nah, he tackled too much and he didn't do anything else. It, he, Sam Berry's CBA win rates, like 6%. So he's a, like, 
you want to say a contested player, a ball player, but he didn't win the ball at the coalface. That's why I look at Will Brody. I'm like, man, he does so much well. Why not go with that guy? Uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what they do with Ruben Jinby. Um, really, really interesting to see. I don't have a strong take on him. I don't think I'll rank him highly, but if he blew it up, I also wouldn't be shocked. But at the minute, that's where I stand on that. Western Bulldogs, we're wrapping it up before we hit the questions. Uh, great contested team, second best contested possession differential, second best uh, clearance differential, most tackled against. They were getting tackled. Uh, and second most pressure against um, and second worst differential there. And they've been pressured a lot over the years, so I don't know. Maybe they're all just super slow. Uh, second most ruck contest team, so draft their midfielders with confidence. Average for win rate, third best advantage rate. So... Um, you know, Tim English isn't dominating, but the midfielders are getting the ball. Kind of average in a lot of areas, which kind of average team. Bad kicking efficiency. The top end are very, very good. Libba, Bont, Liam Jones, very good. Um, Jamara looks, he's, oh man, he's on the great track. Marks inside 50 rate, pretty meh. Low meters per gain per disposal. So again, they kind of dick around a little bit. I can't understand why McRae is not inside. That midfield's super thin. Um, there's no way Caleb Daniel can play midfield. He's absolute ass in there. I don't know why he's training in there. There surely has to be a better option. I would have thought he's a better bridge to attack, um, which is probably why he's got the midfield forward status, but I, I can't see him playing midfield. Um, Sanders could do that. The high draft pick, uh, Riley Sanders, is it? Yeah, Riley Sanders, number six pick, so he could be it. Um, James Harms is probably an interesting player. He probably gives a little bit of depth to that midfield, which looks super thin on paper. Don't know where he's training yet. Nick Coffield's an interesting one. I would have thought they were okay defensively, but um, I guess if he was cheap, it's a great pick. Um, so I'm not... Man, if... I love the Suns having these guys first round pick. I'll put it that way because if Bont or Liver gets injured, fucking Jesus. It's going to be off. Going to be on. Um, so in defense, it's going to be interesting if this um, Sam Darcy develops or this Jed Buzzlinger, Budweiser, Budslinger gets a game. We'll see. Or Nick Caulfield. Um, I know the salary cap is a frothing over Nick Caulfield. I'm not drafting that asshole. Don't worry about it. Not asshole. I'm not drafting that guy. Shouldn't say that. I don't know him. Could be a great bloke. Anyway, I hope we got some uh, value out of that, people. Uh, the guys, yeah, like I said, it was kind of funny seeing who projects well, who doesn't project well, um, that we might know or might not expect to know well. Um, Dyson Apple just get out of the league, man. Just get out of the league. But you can see why a lot of these moves were made. There, it wasn't a great trade period, i got to say, so I don't think there's any... Uh, we were really sport last year, so a lot of this development's got to be internal. Um, I don't think Taylor Adams is solving your problems long-term <laughs> at Sydney. But, yeah, Paddy, wow. Could be him. Anyway, onto the questions quickly. Russ, Eljax was a better scorer without Darcy last year. However, I still see some upside from natural improvement as an FR2, taking him into the low 80s in that role. Throw in some missed games for Darcy, and I can see Eljax matching his 2023 average. That's a top 10 forward. Where would you draft him? I don't have him in the top 10 as of yet. However, 
I will say, he does have some upside, some natural development. I agree. Um, one area he fell apart in was one-on-one win rate last year, which he had been far better at um, in the 2022 season, uh, winning the ball inside 50 as a forward. So um, he he could be better there. Um, Matt Tavern is an interesting one. I don't know where he is. I don't really care. Um, but if he's there, then maybe El Jacks get some better matchups. Giant Miss is, you know, fucking awesome for a young player. And I mean, just in general, he's pretty good. So um, maybe he gets some looks. I think he's in, yeah. I don't, I'm probably, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. Like last year, I was happy to draft him because there were so many other forwards and you saw the upside. Whereas this year, you kind of have to, um, pay for it, I guess. If you want to draft him, if you think he's going to do what he did last year, then you'd probably put him with Dylan Moore and Toby Green, I would say. And that's kind of who you're going to have to tear him with. And if you miss um, Jackson, I know you're a Freo fan, Russ. If you want Jackson, um, you're probably going to have to take him in that range. I, I have him about... Oh, five or six spots lower. He's he's okay, but I think he's more like 13, 14 for me. So, which I think's fair, but that's fine. Ninja Spoon, St. Kilda Ruck Department. Does Marshall stay solo Ruck or move to a timeshare with Jack Hats? Someone else. So, good question. Marshall was pretty ass. Uh, I think they're pretty happy to stay with it. Mitch Owens was a freak inside the midfield. So, whether he just plays as a midfielder or as a Ruck, um, that would be very interesting to me to see uh, what happens there because his win rate was pretty good. Here's a unit, that Mitch Owens. Um, yeah, we'll see. What was his ruck? ruck? I'll bring it up, what his ruck area was like because he did take some ruck contest, 11% of ruck contest, win rate 21% to advantage 42%. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild man that's wild yeah I don't know I don't know I think they're probably going to just have to roll with Marshall he's um, he's the barometer of that team Luke when will we see the draft simulator back probably two or three weeks away so just if you didn't know um, obviously a couple of the other boys who Cam and Jono have been with us for a long time they are out so I'm having to do a bigger share this year we've brought in the riders to help with the kit um, but obviously with a big load that's what she said. Uh, things were just a little bit slower this year. But, I mean, it's, everything seems like it's gone really early this year. It's like the 2nd of January I'm recording this, God's sake, and people are already on to their fifth team reveal, fifth version of their team reveal for salary cap. My God, let's all calm down. My God, the um, fantasy positions will be out at halftime of the grand final next year. Pack and send. Your mind and our Gold Coast Suns are a low-possession side, particularly on the outside. They are. We just saw... It's interesting people are saying, oh, Dimmer's going to suck. Dimmer's going to make them all suck. Mate, they already sucked. <laughs> they already sucked. What does, if anything, Dimmer bring to change this and who, if anyone, benefits most? So they didn't bring anyone in um, externally. So the, the inter- changes have to come internally. I already sort of spoke about Will Powell. Um, we've spoken about Joel Jeffrey ad nauseum, so I'd be looking at them to... They, they need to move the ball. I mean, they already do move the ball along. They kick it a heap. Um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting one. They just have to get better with the ball. 
Like if you look at Richmond, that's where they've fallen away. Is they still move the ball? They always turn the ball over, but now they're doing it at a rate that's just horrendous. So. Yeah, I'm not sure they change a heap, to be honest. It'd be an interesting one. And, you know, Mac Andrews' development is the third tall. That that sort of thing helps free up um, Will Powell in that. So we'll see. And they need a better small defender. Real oogie boogie. One of they might make they might make moves we don't expect. So think about that. Real oogie boogie. One of D's biggest issues last season, besides their culture, ha ha ha, was their forward entries with Oliver's troubles. Rivers reportedly playing midfield in early Sims. And track spending more time forward, plus the addition of Billings, what will their midfield mix look like and who gains and loses? It's a good question. <clears throat> I don't see much changing if Oliver's fit. I actually think Petrarca just stays full mid, personally. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, Brayshaw, he can play through there. Rivers, Rivers is an interesting pick. Because um, he can use the ball. I'm trying to think of what Melbourne's weaknesses were that I just spoke about. Um, yeah, Rivers is an interesting one if he goes in there as that defensive option. Um, Brayshaw plays outside a bit. Well, Rivers would be the obvious winner, right? I, I don't see track moving. I I just struggle to see that. Um, but they're so they're so good. Yeah, they do just have to fix that connection. But that's been an issue for fucking years. Uh, five miller time. Does Dersma become less of a stinking useless chump at Essendon, which is arguably the home of stinking useless chumps? You said it, man. It is the home of stinking useless chumps. Namely, Dyson Apple. Man, he needs to just replace Dyson Apple. If he does, it's a great team to be in for fantasy because they just fuck around with the ball nonstop. So um, <laughs> there's just so many mid dudes there. It's um, it's wild. Fix your development, Essendon. Uh, let's see if we've got any new questions. Got a bunch of notifications. No. Russ says, thank fuck no more solo pods for the draft doctors. Well, you'll enjoy this one, won't you, Russ? No, you won't. You know who hated it even more than you? Me. All right. That'll wrap it up. <laughs> I know, it's dry, man, it's dry. No one wants a 55-minute solo pod just talking about stats that maybe we didn't get much out of. Anyway, we'll see you next time. Sicily's going down. Don't forget it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Draft Doctors Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review.